Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about the relationship between human empathy and conversation AI and how those two can work together to help both customers and brands by improving the customer experience. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Josh Feast, CEO and co-founder at Kajito Corporation. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, Greg. Great to be here. Why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself as well as what led you to co-founding Kajito? Of course, yeah. So I, uh, in my formative years um, in New Zealand, I grew up, grew up there and I was interested at a young age in applying my skills to the, the question of how to bring a new technology into the world. The question was sort of what and what problem to solve. And the, um, one of my first work experiences was with the New Zealand Department of Child, Youth and Family, which is the organization that manages all of New Zealand's social workers. And so I had sort of a first line, frontline experience um, there and understood how uh, complicated it is to be in the caring professions, how easy it is to burn out, how sort of poorly the management systems support people in the caring profession. So I was sort of motivated by that. And then a little bit later, I was lucky enough to come to the US and study at MIT. And I encountered a stream of basic research that had been developed by my co-founder, um, who was an MIT professor, Sandy Pentland. And that was looking at really how you can generate what we call human or human-aware data, which is basically how you can use a computer to read how people speak and move and interact and use that to understand really psychological state. And so what I thought was that if you could take this stream of data, this human data, this human understanding, you could build a, a system to support people in the caring profession. But after a number of steps, we basically came to apply that to really the, the largest place where that, um, that sort of profession is, which is in really the large-scale contact center. Yeah, great, great. So we're going to talk about the relationship between human empathy and conversation AI and how this to uh, work together to solve some real business challenges. Let's start by talking about some of the challenges that currently exist within customer service and, and contact centers. So internally at the organization, uh, you know, great managers, supervisors, and leaders uh, can help these uh, employees to an extent, right? But what are the limitations that even the best manager can't always overcome? Yeah, and it is worth saying, you know, on the outset that some of the people that run large-scale contact centers are some of the best managers out there. They've often have a really high appreciation for the customer problem. They've often been agents themselves, and they run um, organizations at massive scale. So, you know, some of the leaders that um, that we work with, they'll have they'll run organizations 10, 20, 30,000 people um, all doing customer service work. So these amazing managers, but you're 
you're absolutely right. There are a number of really kind of significant problems that are very hard for those managers to overcome. So one is um, the increasing complexity of customer problems. <laughs> so yeah. our, our, you know, our, all us, all the consumers, everybody, like our lives are more complex. We're in an you know, increasingly industrialized world. The, the technologies are more complex. Um, and by the time we're calling into a, an agent, you know, we've sort of already exhausted the possibilities of self-service. So everything that's coming in is complex. And also because of the underlying stress levels um, in the world, people are very emotional. So you've got these high volumes of complex, emotionally intensive interactions. And then on the other hand, you've got um, a number of problems. So first of all, agents themselves are stressed. And when people are stressed, they get something that's called compassion fatigue, which basically means you're tired. <laughs> and it's really hard for you to pick things up from the customer. So you, you're not as on at certain parts of the day. Second of, you know, there's two more things. One other one is agents are almost all remote. So Agents used to work primarily in large-scale physical contact centers, which were actually really wonderful social environments. But now people are increasingly on their on at home, which could be isolating. The physical environment may or may not be optimal, um, but that's how people work now. And um, so that's one one big issue. And then the last issue um, is actually agent retention. So you know, right now, if you work, let's say you run a contact center inside a major major brand like a Fortune 25 company, so great benefits, you know, great job, you're still facing a 60% turnover rate per year. If you were running like an outsourced contact center, so, you know, you may be facing 140% turnover a year. So that just means there's just a constant effort in terms of finding agents, bringing them in, training them. And it can take weeks and weeks and months to get an agent to proficiency. So the management load is just enormous right now. Yeah, yeah. So how do these challenges, I mean, you know, whether it's turnover or any of the other things that you mentioned, how do these challenges translate to the customer experience? So the, from the customer's perspective, there's a few different things. So um, calls can take longer. Um, calls can be more frustrating. Yeah. Um, in particular, because the agents are less, you know, maybe getting up to speed, the agents rely more on workflow. So they you, you sort of call in and um, it feels like you can't get to ask your question because you have to wait X minutes for the agent to kind of work through like what the system's telling them to do and say next. So the conversations don't feel natural and they can feel very frustrating. And it's because the agents are relying on these workflows because they may not have the um, expertise themselves yet. Also, the agents, uh, you know, may not come across as well as you would like, especially if you're stressed yourself and you're you know, a little bit short there because, you know, they're in a sort of a high stress environment and as you said, they may have compassion fatigue. Yeah. And then the other big challenge, of course, is that there are more mistakes. And so what that means is you're less likely to have your call resolved on the first time around, which is sort of a major frustration for customers. So, so it can, it can be bad. Yeah. Yeah. So now that we've talked about some of the challenges and both from an internal perspective as as well as customer perspective let's let's talk about some solutions can you talk a, a specifically about what uh, Kajito does and let's start with how it impacts each of the roles internally that we discussed earlier why don't, why don't you start with the employees uh, such as contact center agents and, and similar you bet so Kajito is focused on what we call a augmentation which is basically think of it like we've built an AI that's basically a buddy or a, or a co-pilot, as people call it sort of more recently, to the agent. And so what that means is, is that AI is listening live on every call and it gives helpful hints and nudges. So content, it gives encouragement, 
It may give, you know, help the agent adjust how they're coming across. It may help recognize that a customer is stressed. And so what this does is it does it two sort of fundamental things. First, it helps take some of the cognitive load off the agent because the co-pilot is there listening and doing work and supporting. Second is it um, levels off performance. So what, what I mean by that is it means that the agent, the agent is going to have better calls on average because you're going to avoid, you know, some of the, the real problems that could come from inattention. And then thirdly, what it does is because the agent comes across in a more ideal fashion, more consistent fashion, the customers are generally happier. And when the customers are happier, the agent's job's happier because they're not, the frustration levels that they're dealing with are lower. So that's the, the agent's uh, sort of value. Yeah, yeah. How about their supervisors? Uh, you know, what, what benefits does this interaction between real-time coaching and AI and real-world action provide to the managers? So the, the first is it really comes down to sort of the new methods to coach and train. So if you think about this situation where you've got all these new agents and these sort of stresses on the system, yeah, traditionally, our contact centers were relying on having a pretty high proportion of like really well-trained top-tier agents. They were always having KPIs and able to solve problems. And there were fewer agents that you had to bring up to, to proficiency. But now there's so much more time being put into recruiting, training, and engagement that there has to be a way to support the supervisors as well. Where Cogito focuses is really twofold. So first, we provide continuous measurement. So we provide a way the AI can tell supervisors or managers or the organization continuously, what's the customer experience like on every interaction? And also, what's the employee experience like in every interaction? Are they having a good time as well, right? Yeah, um, and yeah. so it, basically, you can spot problems. The second is it automatically drafts coaching plans and tracks progress against them. So that just saves, that's just automation. It just saves a bunch of time. And then it generates a lot of data as well that can use the insights, like why are people calling? How do they feel about the product? You know, what are the opportunities for improvement? So um, it's it's going to directly improve the supervisors, but, but also more specifically what it's doing is it's helping train the agents and get them up to speed, which is taking a sort of a fundamental load off those managers. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Basecamp. Throughout my career, whether it was at my own agency or now as a consultant, Basecamp is what we rely on to help keep projects on track, on schedule, and on budget. It takes a straightforward approach to project management, it streamlines workflow management, and definitely keeps the team in the loop and on top of ongoing updates, which all are major components in a smooth running operation. No matter if it's a simple campaign or a multi-million dollar project, Basecamp has been a key ingredient in the recipe for a successful project and business. If you're struggling with projects, sign up for Basecamp. Their pricing is simple and they give you all their features in a single plan. No upsells, no upgrades. Go to Basecamp.com agile. That's Basecamp.com A-G-I-L-E and try Basecamp for free. No credit card required and cancel anytime. Thank you, Basecamp, for sponsoring this episode. Now let's get back to the show. Similar to the when we we're talking about challenges, I want to bring this back to the to the end customer as well. So, what what impact does the customer have um, in in all of this? And you know, what does their experience look like when when this is done well? So, the customer has a much higher probability of having really a positive, uplifting experience. <laughs> so, yeah, you're calling yeah. in, and it's like, oh wow, that person they were really listening. They they were super nice. They resolved my problem. And they resolve my problem, my problem on the first try. And so that sort of, that sort of stress we build up when we're 
like, oh my gosh, I've got a cool customer service. I've got this complex problem. That means I have to reach in and talk to a, to a human and inside potentially a large organization. Yeah, that stress sort of abates. And so, and yeah, we, we all work up for a long time before we call in, at least I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, no, same same here. I, I hate using the phone when, when I don't have to. Yeah, so, yeah, right. Yeah, so you want it to be good if you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, to, to follow on to that, you know, how do, how do businesses measure the impact of this, you know, so they can certainly look at internal metrics, they can look at customer metrics, but you know, how, how are some of the ways that you recommend that businesses look at this from a measurement perspective? So at the highest possible level, um, the positive customer service or um, interaction should increase the, what's called the lifetime value of the customer. So, you know, which is basically how long they ex you expect them to stay a customer of yours, you know, whether they're going to be open to buying more products. And um, so at the top level is that. And then the other, yeah, most important, uh, other important element is really um, cost to serve that customer. So th yeah. those are really the kind of core business metrics. If you, if you bubble it down the level below that, there's sort of two big buckets. One is what you can think of as sort of customer experience measures, which are call efficiency, call experience how effective the interactions are. And then the other one, you've got sort of EX value, which is really the agent engagement, agent time to proficiency, which is a, a training measure, and then really agent retention. What, what do you think as far as the, I, I, this takes some time to to get working and I would, I would imagine to get uh, up to speed, so to speak. So, you know, what what about the time to value on, you know, on an initiative like this? Is there... Is there near instantaneous value? Does it take a while? Like how, how should businesses look at, at these kinds of changes? So the, when the system turns on, you get nearly instant value because there's sort of low hanging fruit that are immediately yeah. picked up, yeah. but there's sort of, so we generally find something like a three, three to four X ROI basically out of the gate. But then as these AI systems and ours would be an example, become more embedded into workflow, you know, the adoption rates, you know, get, you know, close to a hundred percent, you know, the, the, the organization sort of adapts its processes to make use of it, that ROI could double. So you could be talking six to 10 X ROI, um, once you've got, uh, you know, everything sort of well used and that, and that could take a number of months. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is, and, and I assume this is without hiring additional people. And, you know, the, to me, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about AI these days and I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but I'll go off on a little, little bit of one, you know, there's a lot of talk about AI and I think there's a lot of, uh, there's some fear mongering about, you know, AI is going to replace a lot of jobs. And in some cases it may replace some jobs that may replace parts of jobs. But to me, this seems like it's, it's augmentation of, you know, it's, it's making good people better and it's making good managers better. Is that, is that a safe assumption? Yeah. This particular application is absolutely that, you know, that the, what it's doing, I mean, it, it is going to achieve sort of what you think was bending the cost curve. So, you know, yeah. because demand keeps going up, that means that you don't necessarily have to keep hiring at the same rate you keep hiring. Right because you're kind of more efficient on your interactions, but it's, it's not, there's no like job loss or job replacements on those. But yeah. our customers just can't get enough people full stuff. So that's just not the problem. Yeah, yeah. The problem is how to like survive against the wall of demand of calls that are coming in. <laughs> yeah, that's the challenge. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, yeah. Um, so one, one last question before we wrap up here, uh, you've 
shared a lot of great ideas and, and advice already, but you know, what's what's one piece of advice that you would have for leaders that they're having customer experience challenges related to their contact centers and maybe not sure how to take a first step and 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 move forward as they as they navigate the months ahead. Yeah. Um so my response, you know, I, so we were at right now is unfortunately there's almost no way out of the challenge that's sort of using traditional methods or traditional processes, unfortunately. So that really there's only one like real avenue right now, which is involves increasing basically technology investment per agent. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bunch of research that says that that sort of predicts that the sort of technology spend per agent will increase by you know, 250% over the next three to four years because it has to, because there's just no way out, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's no way yeah. out of the, the, this kind of demand supply sort of challenge. And really the, the places of investments, so one is, is definitely AI. Like AI luckily is now there, so it's there as a solution. And that's to help assist with management and sort of support the work. Then the other is really systems integration. So, you know, a lot of these challenges, why people call is because the systems behind the back end aren't talking to each other, or people are calling multiple channels, like some chat, some email, some call, because they're trying to figure out like, how do I get my problem resolved, right? So that sort of backend integration is sort of another way to kind of bend the curve. Unfortunately, all you can probably hope for, I know I maybe don't sound too pessimistic, but bending the curve is often the best you can hope for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear you. But it is what it is. I mean, it's nice to, it's not, it's nice to talk to customers too, right? It's a, they can be great opportunities to improve and increase business. So it's, it's not all bad. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, I'd like to thank Josh Feast, CEO and co-founder at Kajito Corporation for joining the show. You can learn more about Josh and Kajito by following the links in the show notes on the podcast website. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.